Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's Give the Small Talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 93 of Let's Give the Small Talk. I am very excited about today's episode. Very excited. Today, we'll be discussing the roots of African-American cuisine and how influential it has been across the country from Southern cooking in the Deep South to the oyster craze up top in New York City and also to the BBQ in East Texas. Our culinary skills cannot be denied. The proof is in the pudding. During the worst of times, we did the best we could with what we had. A lot of times when people think of African-American cuisine, the first thing that comes to mind is soul food, which we named it soul food because our food was our connection between love and God. As much as they try to marginalize or mark our cooking, It's the very same cooking that many presidents couldn't get enough of. Today, we'll be diving deep, and I advise you to bring your appetite. Before we put the pot on the stove, first, let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy, let's get the small talk, and you would like to help the podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. All you have to do is simply text this episode link to one person in your phone, just one. It truly goes a long way. It really does. You guys have been doing so, so please continue to do so. And thank you. Thank you in advance. All right, let's kick this show off with a little motivation. Three, two, one, score! Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. I want to give a special shout out to all the goal seekers and everybody that is grinding and striving. You guys know what today is. You guys know what today is and I want you to say it loud and proud with a big smile on your face. On three, can I hear from everybody? What is today? One, two, three. Finish Strong Friday. That's right. That's right. You know what? Can I get it one more time? On three. One, two, three. Finish Strong Friday. That's what today is. Our favorite day of the week. Our favorite day of the week because today is the day we execute. Everything we set to do from the beginning of this week, today is the day we make sure every box is checked off. Because we 
my friend, we we start to finish. We do not start to stop. Oh, no, 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 no. See, we take pride in execution. We take pride in it. Let me tell you something. There is no greater feeling than getting into your bed at night knowing that you completed everything you set out to do when you woke up that morning. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. There is no greater feeling than getting into bed at night knowing that you completed everything you set out to do when you woke up that morning. It's beyond satisfying. That is what you call fulfilling. And that's what we want in life. We don't want to be satisfied. That's easy. We want to be fulfilled and no one else can make you feel that way except you, except you. So my advice to you, my friend, as it is each and every Friday is to execute, execute, execute. Finish strong Friday. All right. With that being said. Let's dive right in. Before we begin our food journey, I would like to first say that we have to understand where we come from to understand ourselves. And the story of food is also the story of who we are. Through food, we can find out that there is more that connects us than separate us. Let's go back to the motherland. I would like to talk about some foods that are from Africa that were brought over here to the New World. Okra, yams, rice, black-eyed peas, and watermelon was all brought from the motherland, Africa, over here to the New World. Also, Hot pepper sauce has always been a popular table topper for our ancestors, dating back to our time in Africa before we became enslaved because we enjoy some spice. You know, I love my Texas peat hot sauce. Absolutely. I want to touch on that tidbit right there. All those foods that I mentioned previously, I grew up eating all of them. Every one of them. I ate okra. I had okra soup. I ate yams. I ate rice. I ate black eyed peas. I love watermelon. I mentioned it before. And like I just said, I I love my Texas beet hot sauce. I love a nice hot sauce. You know, the fact that those foods have been passed down from generation to generation, all the way from our homeland. That gives me such a sense of pride. You know, to know that there's a reason why I like these things. It's because my ancestors liked them. And it was passed down through the bloodline. And it would continue to do so, you know. My daughter, Aaliyah, 
She enjoys watermelon. She loves rice. And she dabbles with the hot sauce from time to time because it's always on the table. She sees it. So she wants to try it. That puts a smile on my face. It puts a very, very big smile on my face because it feels so good learning about yourself and why you eat the things you eat. Everything happens for a reason. And to now know that reason why, oh man, wow, wow. All right, let's make the transition from our homeland to the new world. On the slave ships, we were fed slabber sauce. Yeah, slabber sauce is what we were fed which consisted of flour, palm oil, which is very popular in the motherland, water, and pepper. Once again, we were fed flour, palm oil, water, and pepper mixed together, called slabber sauce. You know, just thinking about that itself, right? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I can't fathom the slightest idea of what our ancestors went through. I can't even fathom the idea of what my grandparents went through. I have such a newfound respect because we truly beat the odds. The odds were never, never in our favor. And they still aren't today. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. If you don't have this beautiful brown skin, then you will never know and you will never understand. And I'm not expecting you to. Not at all. I can care less if you understand or not. Seriously. Because you can only understand so much. You can never empathize. You can only sympathize. Big difference between the two. And if you know me, you know I'm not looking for your sympathy, empathy, or pity. So, like I said, I can care less for the people with beautiful brown skin, my fellow brothers and sisters. Learning all about this food journey, it gave me so much pride inside. The fact that we never gave up proves That that's why we are the way we are today. Resilience was never an option for us. It was always mandatory. It was either you be resilient or you cower over and you die a slow death. That was never us. We never backed down. We never bowed down. And no matter how hard they tried to break us with their whips... We were and are unbreakable. So, don't let anyone mock you or make fun of you because they don't have the slightest idea or clue about what you have been through. And they never will. Remember, my fellow brothers and sisters, 
their opinion means absolutely nothing. Remember that. Take pride in everything that we have gone through and everything that we have become and in everything we will be because this is only the beginning. All right? Remember that. Remember that. Okay. Let's talk about Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, since we are coming into the new world. Did you know that 40 to 60% of all enslaved Africans in America came through the ports of Charleston, South Carolina? That's right. Charleston was the capital of the slave trade. And because it was sea coast and in low country, rice plantations were everywhere. Believe it or not, I'm about to knock you off your feet with this one, so you better have a seat. It was rice, rice that initiated the wealth of this country, not cotton. Do your research. Once again, I said initiated. Rice was the first, first export that made this country wealthy. Then it was followed by cotton. At one point, we exported over 100 million pounds of rice a year to countries all over the world. All over the world. It's because we, we were rice growers for thousands of years in the homeland. Thousands of years we were growing rice already. Carolina gold rice. Anybody buy the rice brand Carolina? Ever wondered why it was called Carolina? Because that's where majority of the rice came from. You know, there's Goya, there's Uncle Ben's, which we never buy. We don't. We don't buy Uncle Ben's, and we all know why. We produce so much rice with our bare hands, sweat, and hard labor that after the Civil War, when we were freed, nearly 80% of the rice production decreased in Charleston, South Carolina. Boom! Gone. Poof. Just like that. No more free labor that made them millions of dollars. Hmm. Must be nice, huh? Mm-mm-mm. To be rich and wealthy for doing absolutely nothing. Wow. And they call us lazy, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Be very careful what you let the media tell you. Please. Please. Mm-mm-mm. You know, all this rice talk, let me tell you about a dish that our ancestors used to cook. It was a soup that consisted of rice, crab meat, okra, diced onions and tomatoes, and a broth. And they cooked it in a pot over an open fire. Anybody familiar with the saying, high on a hog, when we were enslaved? The slave owner only wanted to eat the best cuts of the pig, ham, 
chops, and the loin. The inferior parts were left for us, the tail, the intestines, the feet, and we made the best of them. So much so that over time, the slave owner wanted to eat those parts as well. Funny, huh? He threw us what he deemed the scraps, and we made the scraps taste so damn good, he wanted them back. (laughs) Of course, with us cooking it and preparing it. It is important to know the history of why we are eating what we are eating in the first place. And when you do your research, you find out that um, we ate out of necessity, not luxury. We ate off the land. We ate what was available. And like I said, we made the best out of what we had. We, we turned. Lemons into lemonade. I would like to tell you about a few great African-American chefs. A couple were actually head chefs for a couple presidents. Let's start with Hercules Posey, who was the head chef for George Washington. Check him out. Once again, that is Hercules Posey. Now let's talk about James Hemmings who was the head chef for Thomas Jefferson. Anybody know the history about Thomas Jefferson and James Hemmings' younger sister named Sally? Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings, who was enslaved by him. They had six children together. Six children. Check it out. Do your research. All right, I will also like to introduce you to Thomas Downing, who is known as the Oyster King of New York. And he was the pioneer of making oysters fine dining, which all started in his restaurant. Yes. Yes. That was because of Thomas Downing. Thomas Downing was so revered that the day he died, which was on a weekday, the Chamber of Commerce closed that day. There were over a thousand people at his funeral. You're talking about an African-American man. An African-American man had such an impact on New York City. Wow. All in all, we can all agree that our influence in this country from our free hard labor for hundreds of years to countless inventions that we created but someone else got patented for, Hmm. to food, to music, to sports, and much more, it's safe to say that we never gotten the credit that we deserve. But you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that as long as we continue to learn who we are by learning Where we have came from. And with that being said. Let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know. Each and every episode. I recommend something for you to read. Something for you to watch. And something for you to do. Because you deserve to treat yourself. You deserve to take 30, 
40, 50 minutes out. Hey, take an hour if you can and just spend it with yourself. Do something that you like, something that puts a smile on your face. You do something for everyone else all day. Why not fit yourself in? So grab a fork because it's time for a treat. What I recommend that you watch is a brand new series on Netflix titled High on a Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. This is a four-part television series, about an hour long each episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I learned so much and ah, it made me so happy. It made me full of joy and pride and I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. So check it out. You will learn a ton. Once again, it is titled High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. What I recommend that you read is a cookbook. Yes, a cookbook. It's titled Jubilee by Tony Tipton Martin. This cookbook has recipes inside from two centuries of African-American cooking. Mm, 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 mm. From lamb chops to little neck clams, chicken, beef, so many recipes inside. Such a wide range from seafood to veil and so much more. You know, I actually brought this cookbook for my little sister. My little sister Charity loves to cook. It's one of her passions. This was one of the gifts that I got her for Mother's Day. And uh, she loved it so much. So I would like for you to check it out as well. Once again, it's called Jubilee. It's a cookbook by Tony Tipton Martin. Now for something to do. What I recommend that you do is that you try a new recipe. After watching the documentary or reading the cookbook, try something new. Try something that our ancestors made. And let's see. Let's see how it makes you feel. Let's see if it takes you back. Check it out. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I deeply appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please send it to one person in your phone so they can learn a little bit about our history as well. There's a lot. It's rich. And the only person that's going to teach it to us is ourselves. So pass it along. Before you leave, I would like to leave you with this quote. When you understand your history and where you come from, that understanding gives you purpose. Thank you.